It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Today's show, we're going to recap the weekend of racing. Uh, no Cup Series race, but the trucks were in action at Knoxville. So we'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll get you set with the latest headlines. Plus, we're going to talk with Derek Crawl of Derek Crawl Racing, a rookie candidate for or a candidate for Rookie of the Year at Eagle Raceway in the Race Saver 305s. We'll talk more to, about Derek about getting involved in racing and uh, what his plans are for the future. Uh, Dirk, uh, did you get to watch the Knoxville truck race at all on, was it on Fox? I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was on Fox sports and, uh, I'm sorry. I forgot it started at six. I missed the first heat race, but I watched the other three heats and, and, uh, spent a long time staring at the TV for what they called for a 150 lap feature, but, uh, it was a typical Fox show. They, uh, they were so proud of themselves because they let Jamie Little do a NASCAR top series play-by-play. <laughs> and so they had her, who knew nothing about dirt racing, with Trevor Bain, who's never been in a dirt car, with Larry, or not Larry Mack, but uh, Bill Parsons, who's never been in a dirt car. So, yeah, the announcing was stellar, as always, from Fox. Well, that makes total sense. I mean, why would you want to have anybody that has any kind of dirt experience? Yeah, I don't know, well, you know, just me being kind of spitballing here. Uh, there's a pretty famous driver out there, a defending Cup Series champion, uh, uh, a, a past winner of the Knoxville Nationals, a uh, pretty popular gentleman named Kyle Larson, well-spoken. He he might have been a good idea to throw him a couple of bucks and get him up into the booth. I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't have had to twist his arm too hard. Well, if he wasn't racing somewhere or, or taking a vacation, because it's their only week off, so... Yeah. He might have been taking some time with his family, but uh, speaking of I that, mean, did you did you see the number of people that were upset that they took Father's Day weekend off and not Mother's Day weekend? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, talk about people needing reasons to get upset. Well, and another another deal that you know that I didn't even know of until the next day because I hadn't heard anything about it, but the SRX series raced against it. Really. Yeah, I didn't know about it till Sunday when yeah. I saw Julio Castroneves won. Yeah, coming to think of it, I haven't really seen anything about the SRX series this year. We haven't even really I've talked about it much. It, you know, and I've seen different stuff on different individual racer pages. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan Newman's posted about it because he ran the show the other night. Haley Deegan's running a couple shows, so she's mentioned it. But uh, yeah, I didn't know they were running against the the race the other night. I thought that was pretty piss poor. Um, the coverage was just terrible, just atrocious. Um, our interview with Stuart Friesen, he mentioned his wife was racing in it. She rolled. She rolled in between turn three and four. Jeez. I never saw it. They came, they, the yellow come out, and she's up over the berm with the front of her truck. And they're going, oh, it looks like she got caught on the berm. Well, the roof of the truck's all screwed up from rolling. But no, they didn't even notice that. <laughs> I did well, notice during one of the re it, it was, yeah, I was watching a replay of it while I was opening up the bar on Sunday morning and um, boy, that, that inside berm, what do you want to call that? The, 
It's a berm. Yeah, that was they 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 built that up or they cut it down, but they also threw a light a layer of chalk on the angle, like when they paint uh, curbs. And well, maybe they, that's they what put the on so the guys can see it. Well, yeah, that's what made me. That's what they pointed it. That's what pointed it out to me. But I've never seen it that big. It almost looked like that when they went down and put their left front down into the right up against it. It almost looked like the berm was taller than the hood of the truck. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. They, uh, um, the gal they had doing the pit reporting, did a good job. Um, I don't remember her name right off the top of my head. But she did a good job, and she was talking about the berm, and she said it's about a foot and a half high. Mm. So, okay. But uh, um, Brett Moffat showed the bottom of his truck to the front grandstands going down the front straightaway. He climbed the wall, and uh, you know they didn't have any coverage of that either. I saw a video of it on. I even posted a video, and somebody posted something on YouTube. You know, just a fan in the stands. Yeah, <clears throat> there was a video out there. Well, we don't know why Moffat's stopping in turn one. Well, you know, it's because your coverage sucks. Otherwise, you would have known. I mean, somebody had to have yelled something out. I mean, they, they've got enough camera angles around there. You'd have thought somebody would have caught it, but they had spotters. They had everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it's just terrible job. Yeah, you know, they took the C team. They didn't take the A team or the B team. They brought in the C team. Well, Todd Gillen end up, ends up getting the win. He led the final 10 laps, I believe, over John Hunter Nemechek, who finished second, Zane Smith, Ty Majestic, Stuart Friesen, Eric Cross, Matt Crafton, Grant Enfinger, Tyler Arkham, and Ben Rhodes, your top 10. Uh, nine caution flags for a total of 45 laps. The race was a total of 150 laps. So about a third of it was spent under caution. Well, I did a good job then because I counted 100 or I counted 45 caution laps. But I was going to say that earlier, but I figured I might be off one or two. But I did a good job of counting. But that's, uh, you know, nine cautions for 45 laps. I mean, you're talking five laps of caution. That's not, I don't think that's terrible. If it was more like four, la- four cautions for 45 laps. And keep in mind what two of those are stage breaks. The stage breaks didn't have a caution lap. Yeah, they're counted in here. They're counted in here. They weren't supposed to be being counted during the race because they took a 10-minute break. They had three minutes to do their pit stop, and it was a non, non-competitive non pit stop. They came out in the order they went in, and it said that they weren't going to count any of the uh, caution laps during the break because the one break, hell, there would have been 45 caution laps by itself. The one break, they went way long on, on track prep. Oh, yeah. See, it's it's just listed in here under procedural but it's you know caution number whatever lap 91 to lap 91 in parentheses stage two conclusion so they counted okay, it as well, a caution but didn't count the laps. Caution, but they didn't count the laps right yeah that's what i'm saying i know they didn't okay count the caution. so seven cautions for 45 laps again a third of the freaking race yeah hmm. that's okay fans wanted fans wanted nascar on dirt and they're getting it so yeah. There wasn't a there wasn't a person on the back in the back straightaway stands, and the front straightaway stands. From what you could see, there was basically it's kind of like when we go over there for the late mile races. The first ten or twelve rows doesn't really have anybody. You know, you got your drunk flag man down there right behind the flag guy every year. The late mm-hmm. model stuff like that, but 
Um, it was by nowhere, no means, no how, any type of sellout. Yeah, which was it, disappointing. I thought they, I thought they'd have a bigger crowd. Well, and it's you know, I, I think we've seen it far too many times. There is not near the support for the support classes that there needs to be. Fans kept asking us, when are they going to take a cup race to to Iowa? When are they going to take a cup race to Iowa? Well, <clears throat> as soon as the fans start showing back up during the Xfinity and the truck races, they'll consider it. But I mean, we watched it the last few years they were there. It got dismal. It got pretty pathetic for the amount of tickets sold. Yeah, well, they're not even racing there anymore, so it right. don't make any difference, you know. Right. And that's kind of what I'm saying. If you want a Cup Series race on dirt at Knoxville, which <coughs> would be amazing, that would be really cool to see. Uh, you're going to have to go there and support the trucks, and if they ever put the Xfinity Series there, they they're testing out the fan base to see what they want. And so far. In the two years that I've seen the grandstands at Knoxville during the truck race, it ain't there. Well, last year they had a weather issue. So there was a reason why people stayed away last year. That wasn't, well, a, that wasn't the case this year. There was just but an excuse. There, there they got the race in, but, there was an, but people didn't want to drive over there for the chance of rain. That's what I'm saying. They stayed away because of the weather. That's what happened last year. They had a lot more tickets sold than, than butts in the seats. This year they didn't sell the tickets. And you and I both know that there's a lady by the name of Kendra that's no longer with the track, too. Mm-hmm. Now, how much that had to do with it, I don't know. But she was pretty well liked around the place. You and I thought the lady did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, uh, you know, the heat probably had something to do with it. But then again, you know, I, I kept thinking Saturday when I get to, to Eagle, we're going to be down on cars and we're going to be down on fans because it was miserably hot, much like it was again on Monday. The night we recorded and like, it'll be on, it's not going to be as bad on Tuesday and Wednesday. I mean, not when you're considering hundred degrees was what we saw over the weekend, but the fans showed up in droves at Eagle on Saturday and so did the cars. But um, I don't know if maybe the heat had something to do with it. People are just didn't want to drive over there. And, and I'm sure gas prices too. I think uh, Chris Krug, you know, who works over there on a weekly basis opted to not go over. Cause he's like, I, I just don't have the gas money to, to justify driving over there and watching the race. Uh, no, I just, I don't think they'll, I don't care what happens. I don't care if they'd sell that grandstand out for 10 races in a row. They're not going to be a cup race at Knoxville. I don't think so either. I, I think the cup that I think Bristol is where it's going to be. And they might put dirt on another one of their major tracks that they need to put money back in the coffers, but I don't think they're going to move a tr- uh, race to, to Knoxville. No, I don't. I, I I personally hope that once they finish this contract they've got with Bristol, that it's done. Yeah. Put those cars back on asphalt. They're too damn heavy to race on dirt. That's all there is to it. But Dirk, fans want NASCAR to go back to its roots. They want these cars on dirt. It would be the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm often reminded of the George Steinbrenner quote. When you start listening to the fans, you're going to start sitting with the fans. Yep. Oftentimes people want something, but when they get it, they realize maybe I was, well, no, they don't realize they were wrong. That a lot of times today they turn around and say, see, I told you so told. I, I told you so. <coughs> Even though I wanted it, I told you so anyways, moving on truck series race. Not a great race. Not a great race. There was at times there was some good racing. Hokover had the field covered and blew up. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to have anything for him. Who else did I see blew an engine on the same lap? I don't remember who else blew up. 
41 of Tyler Carpenter. He didn't blow up. He lost a uh, drive shaft. Mm, not according to the race report. Oh, well. Consequently, the engine of the number 41 Nice Chevrolet driven by Tyler Carpenter failed on the exact same lap. Yeah, well, that's that was wrong because they even went and they talked down to the infield crew and they were pushing the car and you could tell the drive shaft was out of it. And that's what he said on the radio. Something's broken the drive line hmm. and, it, and the drive shaft was out of that truck. You could hear it. Yeah, that that car, that truck didn't blow up. And he actually looked very good at the very beginning of his heat race. I think he started uh, sixth place and in two laps was running in second place. But I think he ended up in sixth place because I think he just totally tortured his right rear tire in about five laps. <laughs> you know, he went late model racing in that 3,400-pound truck. Yeah. That didn't work real well. Wow. But he, he did a good job. He did better than Bloomquist did in his first start in a truck, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and NASCAR played their game again and decided to start 40 trucks in a truck race for some reason because 40 showed up. Yeah. I don't know. They've never had for 40 trucks, but every once in a while they show up with 40. Might as well let them start. Uh, All right. Are we done with the uh, truck series race or do you want to keep talking about it? I think we spent way too much time on this truck. (laughs) I agree. Coming more locally, the July 11th uh, super late model, I believe, West series race. That was scheduled for Stewart International Speedway. I guess it was a four-day event with XR Super Series. Their portion, the SLMR portion of the event, has been canceled. XR has decided to adjust the schedule and cancel two of the four days. So they dropped it down just to a a two-day event. And the two of the days they cut off included that uh, Monday, July 11th, Malvern Bank Super Late Model West Series race. So the West's next race, according to this post, is going to be at Shelby County Speedway on July 16th. Their next Hoker Trucking East Series is going to be this coming Thursday night at Soresco Speedway and then Friday, June 24th at Fayette County Speedway. Okay. Man, I I hated to read this. So we were talking, uh, uh, what, two weeks ago on the final Fox broadcast that abruptly Clint Boyer was not a part of the broadcast team. And I guess Fox said something that he was off dealing with personal matters and yep. that he was, uh, he said the same thing that he would not be in the uh, broadcast booth. He was dealing with personal matters later on that week came out uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, it was uh, announced. Well, uh, a press release announced that uh, Clint Boyer had Clint Boyer had been involved in a fatal car accident where I believe he was driving around the Osage beach area. And he struck a pedestrian on a bridge. Uh, the woman was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, Boyer conduct, uh, was uh, was given a roadside field sobriety test, which he passed. And he, he also uh, uh, took a breathalyzer, which came out to be no measurable amount of alcohol in his system. Yeah, well, I hadn't heard it about being a bridge. I, I heard the story probably Thursday. A friend of mine that as a place down in the Ozarks mm-hmm. sent it up to me, you know, and said, do you know who this guy is? And I said, yeah. And that said that he was entering a highway. He was on an entrance ramp to a highway. Uh, yeah. And now I'm getting to that part. Down. Yeah. That's what it was. It was us highway 54 and Missouri highway 242. He was on the ramp to one of the two highways when he struck the woman. 
So nothing to do with a bridge because you just said he hit a lady on a bridge. That's what I and, thought I read. But yeah, you're right. And the other thing that was in the article he sent me is that she had crystal meth in her possession. Uh, according to the original post, a crystalline substance was found where the female's victim's belongings were located and believed to be methamphetamine. This was the original post that I believe was posted like that Thursday or Friday. She was believed to be under the influence of drugs. Let's see. But Boyer did everything he was supposed to do. How he hit her, who knows? Did she jump out in front of the car? Was she stumbling around? Whatever. But he stopped. He tried to render aid. He called 911. He did everything he's supposed to do. You know, uh, but yeah, just like anything, it's going to screw with his head. Coming, uh, coming back to it, an updated story that was released on Jayski uh, last Friday says investigators allegedly found a bag containing a crystalline substance among, uh, by the way, the late young ladies, uh, the na- lady's name was Mary Simons. So along her personal items at the scene, according to the chief, wondering why someone might be walking along that ramp, Louderville said police thought, I believe Louderville was the investigating uh, uh, the police chief of police. Um, that, that that Simons had been staying in a nearby nearby Riverview RV park and campground. They visited the campground. They found a friend that she had been staying with, and the friend did acknowledge that they both had been using methamphetamine and alcohol earlier that day. But yeah, like you said, uh, I did end up seeing some memes on Facebook uh, of um, it, you know, just of course it upset me. But Clinton Tony sitting on a pit road somewhere and. Um, there was some snarky comment about them both killing somebody with a vehicle now. And it's, it's just unfortunate because it's nine o'clock at night. What it Clinton did absolutely nothing wrong, but he's still going to get blamed and he's still going to get tagged with being a, a killer, just like Tony, even though in my opinion, Tony did nothing wrong, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking somehow, Unless it's super dark there and he didn't have his high beams on or something. I mean, how you don't see somebody, I, I don't know. I I don't understand that. But, you know, they, they've cleared him of everything as far as any alcohol or any of that stuff. He blew three zeros on the breathalyzer the whole nine yards. But, uh, you know, nothing I can see that he did wrong. But for some reason, somehow, he just didn't see this lady. Yeah. All right, uh, Kevin Mendering is set to be the substitute crew chief for Kyle Larson while his uh, regular crew chief, Cliff Daniels, is on vacation, a.k.a. NASCAR enforced suspension. And boy, did you see the uproar from Kyle Larson fans? Oh, NASCAR is being unfair. They shouldn't be suspending it. It was a loose tire. <laughs> that's, that's, that's uncalled for. I really wanted to post. Have you guys been paying attention to anything other than that five car this year? Because there's plenty of crew chiefs that have had NASCAR enforced vacations this year. Damn near one a race. Damn near almost every race. I think we've had one. I think you pointed out there was one race that we didn't have a crew chief enforced suspension. But it wasn't a loose wheel. The wheel was off the freaking car, folks. It was completely gone. Wasn't loose. (laughs) It wasn't there. There's a big difference. Who Quit goes picking on him. Come in, they tighten it up. There ain't they're, no penalty. They're picking on him. Well, they're picking they on are. Kyle. <laughs> I tease, but this is fandom. This is fandom right here. 100%. All right, so Kevin Mandering, uh, Mendering is going to be his crew chief f- uh, for the next four races. 
Um, Chicago street race is apparently looking more and more likely for the 2023 cup schedule. Uh, nothing really more other than rumors are just starting to kind of heat up and NASCAR says they're interested, but they need to see more. The 2023 schedule is, uh, has yet to be re- announced, but, um, I got a final article says, uh, NASCAR <laughs> says we're working on some exciting things. Uh, hopefully something to announce in the next six to eight weeks in terms of where we're going to be. And then we'll, we'll be off and running for the 2023 season. We'll continue to evolve for 2024 and beyond. Hey, but we're going to be back at the Coliseum. So it's okay. That's we're good. Uh, they, uh, Steve O'Donnell did say they're adding one big event to the schedule. So maybe things are lining up that they're going to see a road course race in Chicago. Congratulations to Cole Custer. He got engaged over the weekend for, uh, with longtime girlfriend, Carrie Witt. Uh, so congratulations I hate to say it, Cole, but you done out kicked your coverage. Oh, dear Lord. Doesn't just about every driver. I mean, 90% NASCAR, asphalt, dirt track, IMCA, whatever. Most of these drivers are a bunch of goofy looking guys and gals. Uh, I'll throw that in there, too. There's some goofy looking gals, too. But. Man, there is some there's there is definitely a handful of drivers that you can watch them at their pits and you're like, man, you're lucky you got a fire suit on. Because <laughs> like you just said, you outkicked your punt coverage. Now you don't even have to say punt. Now you know what you mean. Yep. Camping World has yet to renew their truck series sponsorship deal. The longtime title sponsor of NASCAR's truck series is set to expire this year. And the future of the deal is uncertain, according to some people familiar with the matter. The company has been with NASCAR for more than a decade, dating back to 2009, with a deal worth somewhere around $5 million annually. Camper Roll last renewed their NASCAR uh, entitlement sponsorship in a seven-year deal that started in 2016. Again, it's set to release, set to end this year. I'd, I'd be curious if they, if they don't renew Camping World, if they move to the sponsorship um, format like they do with the cup series it, it depends on you know where they end up money wise with uh with camping world i do remember that camping world did some reorganization stuff i mean they were on the verge of bankruptcy but i don't know if they ever filed bankruptcy there was a lot of stuff going on with it but uh um you know now if they're what they say uh they had five million over 10 years so half a million dollars a year for a title sponsor that ain't bad but that's more than what monster was paying for for three years at uh on the cup series so yeah uh, all right i am completely losing my ability to be able to run this show two of my mouses have now failed i need a tech guy let's call taylor computer and repair they might have somebody (laughs) this is ridiculous (laughs) oh let's see daniel suarez expected to be uh announcing a contract renewal deal with uh track house racing daniel has been uh racing fairly decently with track house uh running pretty consistently so hopefully they're able to uh put together a nice uh renewal contract oh i i see him and ross um because i think they were both on one-year deals so i see him and ross going uh on a three-year contract coming up and keeping the good start they've got and trying to keep it together for a couple years what i see happening yeah that would make sense. Well, so they'll probably won't can have it. I had one more deal in here I wanted to talk about, but uh, I've uh, I've lost the article, especially since I'm down two mice. 
Did you see the chunk of dirt that hit Ben Rhodes's truck at Knoxville? Hmm. I don't remember anything specific. I did see the chunk of dirt that took out the camera on Stuart Friesen's car, broke the whole lens off of it and everything. Let's see. Up close and personal, right? As it's flying to the truck and wham. Yeah. And that's what I've, I kind of wanted to bring it up because I've, I just sent it to you on messenger. You can pull up the article and see the picture of it, but this one, uh, Ben tweeted out, I've never experienced anything like this. This 20 pound mud ball went through the grill at the start of the race, pegged water and oil at 300, took the whole race to get our lap back. We're down one lap with 25 to go uh, and then ended the night in 10th. Proud of our at Thor sports racing's fight. Uh, and then he's holding that big chunk of mud and fans that, that attack NASCAR and say they need to take these windshields off. I get that. It makes sense for dirt track drivers, but imagine if one of your big superstars took a clunk of mud, not, not a 20 pound piece of mud, but took one to the face and got concussed. Now all of a sudden they're out for a couple of weeks or, you know, concussion is probably the best of scenarios when you got a big chunk of mud or a rock coming through the windshield that hits the helmet. Um, I mean, there's been plenty of drivers. We usually talk about two or three locally that take a big chunk of mud to the face. All right. I just uh, ran into a thing on Facebook here. I was working all day, so I'm kind of scrolling on some of my updates. And uh, um, uh, a young man by the name of Cole, and I want to say his last name's pronounced Shemek, S-H-E-M-E-K, was killed in an auto accident. Father's Day night. Cole is the grandson of longtime area racer Denny Eckert and his wife Marlene, and uh, the son of Heath and Kelly Demick. So, I mean, I've known Denny for years, um, but uh, obviously another bad deal that's happened. And he was getting in, he was getting involved. Evidently, he was a real good friend with uh, Cheyenne Purchase yeah. and helped her out on her race car and uh, some stuff like that. So. We might have seen him around the track. He doesn't look real familiar to me, but uh, I'm sure I'd seen him down at Eagle over the last couple of years if he was helping Cheyenne and whatnot. So anyway, condolences out to uh, the families involved in that. Absolutely. Did you say how old he was? 19. Oh, that's sickening. Man, that's too, that's tough. 19 years old. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for us in turn number one. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Turn number two, Derek Crawl, driver of the number 85 Race Saver Sprint Car at Eagle Raceway is going to join us. We'll be right back on the front stretch. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. Rewind Adrenaline Rush, the Lucas Oil American Sprinkler Series invades Boone County Raceway in Albion, Nebraska, Friday, July 1st. It's the Norfolk Transmission and Muffler Boone County Challenge. See ASCS stars like Blake Hawk, Wayne Johnson, Matt Covington, and Dylan Westbrook take on Nebraska's top talent, along with IMCA late models, Bob Lines, and MCSA. Friday, July 1st, go to Great Rebellion Center, racing at 8 p.m. Tickets on sale at BooneCountyRaceway.com. It's the Lucas Oil American Sprinkler Series National Tour at Boone County Raceway on Friday, July 1st. 
We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Don't forget all the great NASCAR racing action, as well as Lucas Oil late model action, World of Outlaw sprint cars, and oh so much more are on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube, as well as all the MLB action, the CWS. Wait, can I say CWS? I could say CWS. Uh, are on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube. And they've even got a golf tournament coming up, and I believe that it's going to be August. Scrolling quickly. August 19th. 19th. Tee-off is at 1145. The 14th annual uh, Quaker Steak and Lube golf outing is going to be at the Council of Country Club. Uh, You can get signed up today. Go over to Quaker Steak and Lube and get your team together. And enjoy some golfing. Lots of great prizes. They start the day off at Quaker Steak and Lube for a, I believe, a breakfast. And then uh, it's a four-person scramble. And then they come back to Quaker Steak and Lube for a prime rib dinner and prizes to be awarded at Quaker Steak and Lube. So that's going to be going on Friday, August 19th. And then, of course, they have the Wheels of Courage Car Show coming up this Saturday, uh, June 24th. And you can get your classic car registered, or you can come out and just enjoy all the great parking lot uh, eye candy that you can handle. Uh, The car show starts at, uh, excuse me, everyone needs to be registered by 11 a.m. Judging at noon, awards to be handed out at three, and everything is wrapped up by four o'clock. $20 per car if you got a classic car you want to get involved in it, and then you must be pre-registered. Uh, oh, nope. The pre-registry is closed. If you pre-register, then you could get uh, a free t-shirt, but now it's just getting yourself involved in the car show. And the last couple of years, they've had over, I think 175 to 215 cars. So they've just been absolutely blowing through, uh, or filling up that parking lot with great classic cars. Make sure you join us this Saturday. I wonder if they get the car division. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. You might be the only one to enter. Uh, I could set it out to my, my Tesla Facebook group and see if anybody else wants to come, but my car is in no condition to be on display. It, it looks nice, but I need to wax it and clean the inside. If I was going to do that, and I don't have if time it's for the that. only one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll talk to Carol and see if there's going to be an EV division, but I highly doubt it. Uh, joining us on the show now is the driver of the number 85 sprint car throughout the area. He is the owner and operator of Derek Crawl Racing. How you doing tonight, Derek? Doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. You surviving the heat? Oh, yeah. I work out in the heat all day, so it's it's no big deal to me. What do you do? I'm a pipe welder. Oh, my God. Not only are you out yeah. in the heat, but you're creating more heat. Yeah, it's... Uh, I've just gotten used to it. I mean, it's it's not too bad for me. So when everyone says it's hot, it's like, well, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, it could be on the face of the earth, of the sun, but yeah, yeah. So but, what do you what are the pipes that you weld are? Is it plumbing pipes? Is it electrical pipes? What do you what are you welding together? So I've kind of I welded on everything. I mean, it's mainly industry. Uh, like right now, I work at uh, an ethanol plant doing like maintenance, but repairs, but. I've lived up in North Dakota when they had their big oil boom, uh, pipeline and welding pipe up there. I've welded on at ammonia plants, uh, on like ink and L, stainless steel, carbon. I mean, mainly 
I mainly now I mainly do TIG welding and uh, but I like I said when I was in North Dakota I did a lot of stick welding I do stick welding every once in a while but not very much anymore why don't you get some of your buddies together and build the XL pipeline and be done with it <laughs> uh, you're you're not kidding it would be it my fuel bill would be a lot cheaper going back and forth to the racetrack if I had that but man you and everybody else yeah yep yeah except Dan yeah yeah I forgot you had a Tesla I mean that that's the way to go it seems like right now man i i tell you i got really really freaking lucky that i got it when i did a because gas prices went up b because tesla's raised the price on them now three times since i bought mine uh and yeah it's i love it i got into a, a conversation with several people today that that you know just again the misinformation about the ev market out there and, and what it costs to run these things and uh just trying to help out and re-educate people but yeah I, I love it it's it's awesome i've three price increases since february uh no since i bought it in october oh well there was a price increase when you thought about buying it before you bought it mm-hmm. so that, that'd be the yeah that was the fourth one since i i uh, hit the order button but yeah i love it i'll uh i'll take you for a ride sometime when it's in performance mode and <laughs> Well, yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. If you give me a ride in it, cause I mean, they're, I like them. I yeah. mean, and they're, everybody says they're fast. I mean, but it's, it's instant. There's no, there's no combustion. I nope. mean, and there's no shifting, which is oddly hard to get used to. Oh, I oh. bet. Like you push on that throttle and all of a sudden, I mean, you see, like you pull away from a stop sign and you hit that go button and within seconds you're doing 85 and you don't even realize it dang i've heard to any law enforcement officials out there i've heard alan's gonna have a couple more price increases just so he doesn't have to have any partners when he buys twitter well yeah yeah I, t- I, I tell everybody anybody that's thinking about getting one you're welcome to message me i'll gladly walk you through the process but buy one now even though you gotta wait six eight months maybe a year they're not going to get any cheaper. Nothing yeah. in this world ever gets anything cheaper. I mean, gas might dip a little bit, but they're not going to get any cheaper. It's always going to cost a little bit more every year to build them. Yep. Yep. Anyways, enough. What's that? Big screen TVs are cheaper. Oh my God. I can't believe I you said that. I, you're absolutely right. I, I just ordered one from my boss at the library pub and it was cheaper to order a 58 inch TV the exact same model than it was to order the 50 inch TV. And it was cheaper by 150 bucks. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. Enough about us. We're talking with Derek crawl racing. Derek, my favorite question to ask a new racer. And I talked to you about this Saturday night at Eagle. When yep. did you bump your head? Oh man, this is a funny <laughs> story. This is a, this one. Uh, so one night I was, I was with the buddy sitting on the couch and uh, I raced motocross four wheelers for quite some time. And uh, I just kept getting hurt. So I was done and he raced four wheelers too. And we're sitting on the couch. We're watching the Tulsa shootout. And I was like, man, I really want to buy one of those. And I was about, I mean, I was about half in the bag when I decided like, Hey, we're, I'm getting a micro sprint, you know, I've been drinking and I'm like, I want one of these, you know, it just, it stuck in my head. And, uh, so I was on the hunt for one and, uh, Jason Humphrey, uh, he, 
he had a it was an 05 Sawyer chassis that uh Kyle Kugel used to have and he traded in and he got a pace chassis and to me it was a great deal to start in it you know and I bought it and Jason helped me get it all ready to go and I got me a little open trailer and I had a Ford Ranger so I pulled myself to the racetrack with that and I mean it was it's kind of like it is now with me in the sprint car it just I'm, I'm I was lost so the first three times I go out, I wrecked the car because I, I didn't even know what blocks were. I had no idea. I just took it out. Let's go. And I wrecked and I wrecked and I wrecked. And um, it just kind of, I raced that year and I ended up, I raced a lot of like local tracks. I raced at Litchfield when it was there and it's always super slick. So um, I finally got some help from Dylan Steinkruger's dad and him and, after that, once I kind of figured everything out, I was I was hooked, and I wrecked a lot though. I mean, I flipped <laughs> my dick off a lot. <laughs> it was it was not good, but no. I mean, after the first three weeks, I was I was going in the racetrack, and I was like, man, maybe this is not for you, Derek. This is maybe there's just some things we're not gonna do. And then I finally finished the race, and I was like, oh, we're go we're we're golden now, and I raced the rest of that year out and I ended up winning a race and you know that car was old so I, I I got another car a newer car and then I just kept getting better and better and better and um I just kept getting newer cars and then I don't know I think it was probably yeah it had been my third year in a micro I had decided to go out to California Speed Week with Frank Galusha and I ended up I ended up junking the car, but um, we came back and I ended up, I mean, you race against people from California that are just, I mean, it was just dominant out there. I mean, I barely made a mains where I cam when I raced weekly, I, I would do great. And then I, I wrecked that car and uh, Rick from CS nine took my car and they jacked the halo up put supports in it so I could finish out California speed week. And, um, I came back after California speed week and I mean, I just dominated a cam and then I was really like, okay, you know, we're going to keep going. So then I bought a brand new car for the next season. And, uh, that's how I met Adam Golian because he was racing a micro too. He got a micro to race non-wing out there too with us. And how long ago um, was this? Uh, it would have been in, I think, 2018, Dan. I, I think it was 2018 or 2017 because, um, yeah, because Jackson Brennan got a micro, too. They both got them. And, but Adam came out, and, like, when Adam Golian came out to cam the first two races, he just kicked everybody's ass. And, I mean, it, it lit a fire under my ass like you wouldn't believe. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, like, you, this ain't going to happen, you know. And then, But, I mean – when it was what that year it was Trey Groff, Adam Golian, Nate Johnson, and me. And I mean, every single I mean, it was King War out there. I mean, slide jobs against the fence, just hammer down. I mean, don't lift, go as hard as you can because those guys were too. And then Adam, you know, he raced a sprint car, and I really hadn't like seen any part of that. And I was like, you know, I just, I was really uncomfortable with it because I've raced non-wing, you know, and yeah. 
sprint cars are like they were intimidating to me at then, you know, because you're looking at something that is three times bigger than a micro. And I was just like, there's no way I'm ever going to do this, you know? And I raced for another year. No, I raced another two years after that till 2020. And after that season, I was just, you know, burned out from it, you know? Yeah. And, I took, I took time off and I bought a brand new micro and spent, I helped Mark, my buddy, Marcus Kennedy, the, from Speedway Shocks. He's a, he's kind of my crew chief now. He helps with everything with the sprint car, but I helped him race micros for a year and, you know, and I built my car and then I got my car all done. And, uh, you, you guys know Randy Floodman. I don't know him, but I know of him. I don't think I've ever met him. Yeah, he, uh, well, the sprint car that I have now, so I got my micro all, do- all done, you know, and got a trailer, got everything ready to go. And Randy Floodman had that sprint car he was wanting to trade for a micro operation. And a buddy of mine was supposed to get it, and he didn't, he didn't end up doing it. So I called him and I talked to him. And I'm like, hey, I was like, I have a brand new race car, you know, and. I really want to get in a sprint car because I figured it, this is my opportunity now to just, just do it to say you did it. And he came, I drove to his shop that night cause we were going to be cause he lives in Firth. And I looked at the car and I, I talked to the girlfriend and I was like, well, I mean, I think I'm going to do it. And then we went to Beatrice and then that next morning he calls me and he's like, Hey, he's like, I got my, trailer loaded up i'm coming to get your micro and i was like oh this is really happening (laughs) like oh no like maybe we bit off more than we could chew but no he came and grabbed all my micro stuff and then uh i went there and i he helped me like get the sprint car like explaining things to me you know and Mm um it kind of just went from there uh i brought the car home and i mean i got I have a little one stall garage for this huge car. And it was like, man, this is maybe this is much, you know, and this is two weeks before season started and I didn't have a trailer to haul the sprint car. So it was a mad dash to get a pickup, to haul a trailer, get a trailer. So I ended up buying a cheap open trailer that ended up catching on fire on the way to the racetrack. But yeah, it's been, it, it was a struggle at first, but I don't know, man. When you strap into one of them piss missiles, it's, that sprint car is, it is wild compared to a micro. I mean. That it, race saver, the race savers, the, the biggest cubic inch sprint car you've driven, right? Absolutely. Yes. And I mean, I, I wouldn't. People put me in a 410 or a 360. I don't know what I would do. I mean. <laughs> Like the first time I hit the throttle on that 305, I was like, I mean, micros are like, they're really darty and they are like the acceleration is really fast, but in a non-wing micro, there's so much wheel spin that the car doesn't ever get like, you know, just hunker down and go. But I got in that sprint car and everyone's asking me like, well, what are you going to do? Like when you get out there, I was like, well, I'm going to hold it to the floor. I mean, that's the only way to get it out of your system. And I did. And I was like, Oh my, 
like this is a different animal <laughs> it was it it woke me up but they're a lot harder to drive i think this the sprint car compared to the micro mm-hmm. like the the fuel load coming off the car you know a micro you'd put five gallons in to run a feature you know where these things you i put 10 to 15 gallons in you know because i'm i have to make weight so i have to put more fuel in and the car burning it off but like when that fuel load starts coming off the car i mean you can you can really tell the car acting different and going away and it's just it's just a different feeling and then you got a big wing on top but i don't know it's just it's fun i'm having a blast that's all i can say what is the methanol? What is it a gallon? Is it about seven pounds a gallon? I know it's lighter than water. Yep, seven pounds. It's seven pounds a gallon. All right. So you burn off 10, 10 gallons. I mean, that's 70 pounds. That's going to make a big difference the way that mm-hmm. car happens. Yeah. Like, so the weekend, the Saturday that I started on the pole, everything at the start of the feature was great. Like, I was like, you know, like Johnny Depp when he comes around that island and he's running from all them pirates. Like when they dropped the green flag and we took off, I was like, holy shit, like run, 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 run. But, you know, before that feature, it's like, okay, I just, if you, if there was a camera in my helmet for me talking to myself, you guys would laugh because I was like, all right, Derek, like, don't be a pussy. Just drive the car, you know, just keep, keep it underneath of you. But yeah. Why the, why pick the number 85? Well, I wanted to be zero because I've always been the number zero. Mm -hmm. And Chase Weiler, I think. Yep. That's his number. And I got the car like two weeks before race season. So I didn't like it was like a bunch of numbers popped in my head. I was like, well, we're just going to do the year I was born. I don't I don't have time to sit here and think about this. I got a million other things to think about. So it's just that was just the year I was born. Yeah, I was going to say, I know it's not your IQ. I ain't mean, a sprint car driver with an IQ that high. <laughs> right? Right? It definitely isn't that, I'll tell you. All right, Why well, are you all fighting for the number zero? Uh, <laughs> well, it used to be it used to be zero cents, like with the cent sign. That makes sense. Yeah, because, <laughs> and everybody would laugh about it. And it's yeah. like, okay, you know, like maybe we, we'll get a little bit serious about it and we'll get rid of the sense sign and go to the zero and it just stuck. So, so you're, you're parked next to Adam Gullion in the, uh, in the pits there. How has he been helping you kind of giving you tips, walking you through oh, some things? Absolutely. You know, um, it just, we were out in the, the North 40 and then, I mean, it was just, he would come over and talk, you know, and ask questions. And I, I called Adam throughout the week just to ask questions, you know, like, what do I do about this? You know, mm-hmm. what do I do about that? And he's always, he's always been helpful to me, always been helpful to me. And one day he came over and he's like, Hey, he's like, I got an open pit stall. A guy's not coming this week. Come and park by us. And then, you know, now I, I'm fortunate enough that I get to park by him every weekend, you know, and all of his, his dad shad adam ryan all of them guys that help him have been super helpful to me i mean it's like i'm i'm convinced that if i didn't have that i wouldn't be i wouldn't be doing as well as i think i'm doing you know what i mean right and it's fun being around them guys they're all fun they're fun to hang (laughs) out with it's just 
They really yeah. are. People ask me all the time why I'm friends with him. And I said, you got to go down and hang out with him after the races. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good time. It is a good time. I mean, and it's like, that's what racing is about is having fun. Like the day that it is not fun for me is the day that I'm not going to spend my hard earned money to do it. You right. know, and it just like winning is fun. But for this year, for me, like just having fun is fun. So is that your overall goal for this year is just have some fun. Don't tear too much stuff up and just try to kind of get some seat time. Well, I want to win rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. Like that was the, that's the big deal for me. But with the trailer catching on fire and me missing a night, it just, I don't know if it's going to happen. And, you know, me and me and Marcus sat down and talked about it because it's, you know, it stresses the person out. Like it, it's always on your mind. Like I check points like three times a week just to be like, okay, you gotta do this. You gotta do that. But you know, Marcus just said, he's like, Hey, he's like, let's just go out and run. And if it happens, it happens. So now it's just kind of, we're going to have fun this year. You keep talking about Marcus uh, being Marcus Kennedy. Is he involved in the team other than shocks? Uh, What's his kind of influence? Well, I mean, me and Marcus are best friends. Like we've, we've always been really close and he's done my shocks ever since I started in micros and we've just, we're really close. And, you know, I, I've always like when I helped him with his micro and now he's helping me and he's still racing a micro, but we've just, we get along great. Every, you know, we talk about everything and, He's been with Adam, you know, he does Adam shocks. He helps Adam and him coming and helping me. It's like, okay, you know, there's somebody in the corner that knows like what, what's going on with a sprint car. And cause I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. I'm just learning about sprint cars. Everything is so new to me that it's like when somebody said something, I'm just like, yeah, can you explain that? Cause I don't know what you're talking about, but he's there yeah. to kind of like, push me along and be like this is what it means you know and if i feel something he has inputs and we put him in the car and yeah that's something that that a lot of people don't talk about is that you know when when a driver is because there's definitely a lingo that you have to learn and understand and the lingo is slightly different it's like every driver's got their own accent to the racing language yep and you don't want to stand there and be like, okay, explain that to me. So you kind of like shake your head. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Marcus is kind of that guy that you go over. You go, okay, he said this to me. And th- and what does that mean? And then Marcus kind of explains it out, right? Yep, he does. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. And if there's a question, so this is, there's, I don't know. Adam chewed my ass about this and this is funny. He didn't chew my ass, but he said the crew guys weren't very happy with me. So like, <laughs> I've always used uh, like Lucas oil grease on my torsion bars and my torsion tube and, or on my torsion bars in my micro, you know, which you just put a light film on it, you know? And so my truck, the trailer caught on fire. Then my truck broke down two weeks ago. So I, my car is at Adams right now. I'm actually at a shop sitting in my car, but um, so they maintenance my car for me because I had a shutdown and it was, we were working like 12, 16 hour days Jeez. and he texts me or he, I know he called me and he is like one thing, 
He's like, no more using this tractor grease on your torsion bars. <laughs> He's like, my crew is pissed. And I mean, I, I didn't know, you know, like I watched on YouTube how to do the torque tube because I was like, yeah. I don't know what to do. And he's like, you got to do it every week. And I took it apart and I cussed and I cussed in my garage. And I finally got it back together. Finally got it to turn free. But I mean, I packed it full of grease. Well, and then they take it apart. They yeah. got to get that grease out of there. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, I'm like, I'm really, really sorry, guys. Uh, that's funny. That's great. Oh, no, they were not like, they weren't, they didn't yell at me, but. They were just like, don't do that again. Yeah, like, it's okay. those guys. I mean, they're that's they're kind of abrasive at times, but they always yeah. mean well. They do. They, you know, and it's like that's the best thing about it is like, you know, and like a lot of people don't like Adam, and that's fine. Like a lot of people don't like me. You know, I've been in like I get along great with Adam because Adam is very blunt. You know, mm-hmm. things what like he like there's no filter from his mind to his mouth you know and, exactly what he's saying yep and that's i work around that all day you know i've been in construction you know if if somebody's upset at you you're gonna know it yeah and if you fuck up they're gonna let you know it and that's just that's how he is that's why i get along great with him and it's like you know i i feel like you know with adam like this world is like so soft that people can't people can't really take what adam has to say with yeah. a grain of salt, you know, and, but he, it's been great to me. You know, he tells me something, I understand it. Like, and there's no beating around the bush about it with him. Mm-hmm. Like when he, after I got third that night, he's like, okay. He's like, go run the top. I was like, if you think I can do it, I'm going to do it. And the, that's the first thing I did. I sent it in there wide open and I'm like, okay, this ain't so bad. Now it's like, I'm nervous in one and two, but three and four, I don't like, I've gotten that part of the track mastered, just one and two. Like, I really wasn't that comfortable with last Saturday, with mm-hmm. like the bouncing getting in. I hit it a couple times and I'm like, you know, I'm really not looking to spend that kind of money right now. Like, we're just right. getting into the season. So, but <laughs> it's just, I don't know. We went to Denison on Friday and I don't know. I really didn't like Denison very much. No, no, I really. I've always like I've always been kind of like the bull ring type, not the big tracks, you know. Mm-hmm. And Denison is like it just feels so much bigger than Eagle. To me it does. And I just couldn't catch a grasp on it yet. You yeah. know, keeping up that much momentum to make passes. So in the feature I just told Adam, I was like, I'm just gonna rip the top the whole time. Like I need to get this out of my system. So that's what I did for 25 <laughs> laps. I ran the top as hard as I could. We're talking with Derek Crawl, driver of the number 85 sprint car. He's in his rookie season, and according to the points, you're about 20 points behind uh, Cole Vanderheiden, which, you know, that's going to be a tough hill to climb, but you never know what happens. Cole blows an engine. Cole breaks one night. You're able to eat up a lot of that. So stay persistent, stay consistent, and uh, just keep at it and let the chips fall where they may. Plans for the rest of the uh, next couple of years? Are you wanting to get into the three sixties and maybe four tens? Are you just kind of content with the with the race savers right now? I would really love to put uh, probably after this season. Like if I get really comfortable in the three six or the three hundred five, I would love to run a three sixty just just to see what it's like. You know, yeah. 
I think, I don't know, everybody that's in a sprint car, I feel like is chasing a rush. So, I mean, if, yeah. if I can go faster, I mean, I'm all about it. <laughs> that might be the quote of the show. Dirk, yeah. anything else we need to cover before we wrap it up with Dirk? No, no. Tom Cruise flashing before my eyes for the last 10 minutes. That's all. <laughs> What'd you say? I saw a lot of Tom Cruise flashing before my eyes for the last yeah. 10 minutes. A lot of days of thunder in there. Yeah. Have you seen my new helmet? Huh? So, um, and this was like, I've always wanted a Maverick helmet, like painted like Maverick because I love Top Gun. And uh, my new helmet, it's a, it's painted just like his uh his helmet in the movie so when you said that i was like i wonder if he's seen my helmet or not <laughs> say pete mitchell on it or what nope it just says maverick right across the top oh we were talking helmet? helmet head did this helmet oh cool good pick mm-hmm. good choice yeah. oh yeah. yeah he did a great job and on john long time so yep been talking with Derek Crawl once again, driver of the number 85 race saver at uh, Eagle Raceway, at least. Maybe hit up uh, Crawford County's people a couple more times. Uh, before we wrap things up, let's make sure and thank the great sponsors that help you keep your operation rolling. I'd like to thank, like I said, Marcus Kennedy, uh, Speedway Shocks, Lost Creek Motorsports, Bobby Eubanks, um, my girlfriend. Like that right there is probably the biggest one because she Derek- puts up with all. Huh? Dirk, he's actually listened to our show, I think, because he well, actually he credited. Hasn't, he hasn't got there yet. But he started to credit the girlfriend pretty quickly. Yeah, yep, that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, because she does, I mean, like, she takes up all the loose ends. Like, she puts up with all my shit, and she doesn't complain. Like, if I need help out in the shop, she comes and helps. I mean, she's the, she's she what makes, she's what makes this go, but. And Adam Golian, of course. I mean, AGR, like if like I said, if if he wasn't helping me, I wouldn't even be able to get to the track right now. Mm-hmm. But anybody else? Any other sponsors? No, that's about it. Right, and my and, and my wallet. <laughs> that's, thank that's, thank my wallet for not going too empty. Yeah. So no, right. no mom and no mom and dad involvement at all. No, it's all just it's all just me. That's me. That's, and, that's really strange. Just plain and simple. It's it's very strange. Are your parents around? Um, so I've never, I've never met my mom. Um, okay. I was raised by my dad. My dad's a my dad's a cowboy, and that's kind of what I was. You know, I he we grew up in Kansas, and that's all I did was break horses. And then I found out what gasoline and women were, and it just <laughs> went downhill from there. So now you got horses breaking you. Oh, I know. That's the. I remember when I got that micro sprint, my grandpa. Oh, he chewed my ass up one side and down the other. He is just like, you're going to kill yourself. And I was oh like, well, I'll have fun trying, you know. And But no, they don't. None of my family is into racing. I mean, my, I have cousins that race and all that, but none of my like immediate family is really that. They're not interested in racing. It's just me. I'm the black sheep. Well, nothing wrong I mean, with that man you know we interview a lot of people and i'll guarantee i mean you're like a one or two percenter almost mm-hmm. everybody's got their parents involved somehow you know they, their yeah. dad right or whatever and that's what how they originally got into it you know you didn't say anything about them when you got into the sport but i figured they were probably in your corner somewhere but it doesn't sound like it no they you know they got their own thing going on which that's great i mean 
I took this venture on by myself and I enjoy it. I, I like doing things by myself anyway. Like it's just, it's better that way for me as far as, you know, like my dad, he likes racing, but he doesn't like racing as much as I like racing. You know, he's watched mm -hmm. me probably three or four times race. Once again, we were talking with Derek Crawl. Man, it's been fun. Can't wait to see you at the racetrack and good luck with the rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Right, Have thanks, a good Derek. one. Yep, bye. Once again, that was Derek Crawl, driving the number 85 race saver at Eagle Raceway. Make sure to like it up. Derek Crawl Racing, K-A-R-L, Derek Crawl. Uh, good interview and always good to see uh, uh, somebody new getting into the sport. Seems like the race savers are being a good, uh, good, good avenue for people getting into the into sprint car racing and then moving up from there. Well, that's kind of what the class is meant to be, you know, in some respect. You know, yeah. awful tough to, to step into a 360, you know, or a 410. I mean, you know, be realistic. Um, you know, the 410s, if you don't have a lot of experience, you got no business being in one. And mm -hmm. especially with as far as you have to travel to race them on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, um, what's going to happen with the 360 series after this season? If, with, uh, if I 80, you know, closes and there's, you know, I haven't heard of any other 360 races around the area except the special here and there. So, uh, does Park Jeff run them or Husets? Uh, Husets runs them, runs 360s, I believe, on a regular schedule, but I don't know where they're at rule wise with like yeah. the Nebraska's three sixties. The closest track you got that's weekly racing for three sixties is, is Knoxville, but that's it. Other than that, it's a couple of specials. Yeah. That's what I mean. You know, yeah. and, uh, that's, it's just, it just doesn't make it conducive. I mean, the three Oh five is conducive, uh, for the local guys. And when the three sixty series, Nebraska three sixty series was running, you know, 12 to 15 races around the area, you know, it was okay to have a three sixty then. Yeah, but uh, to uh, you know, it's a pretty good call on a weekly basis if you're going to try and run Knoxville or Houston's every week. Absolutely, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to everybody for listening. Make sure to like us up and share us up. That way, we can continue to grow. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding. The official watering hole of the Front Stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is Happy Hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are Kids Night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17.